Living a well-balanced lifestyle goes beyond ensuring your finances are in order. Welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara speaks with wellness industry leaders and related professionals to share more than financial planning advice. She addresses your questions about living a healthy lifestyle at any age. Learn how to gracefully maneuver life's challenges with support and resources to guide you along the way. Barbara and the team at Hightower help you make a plan, make an investment, and make a difference in your own wealth and well-being, and in your families, and within your community. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with your host, Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara, what's going on? Hey, Eric. I hear there's something more going on in your life. I hear there might be some puppy excitement. Oh, please. No, don't. I'm not going to let my wife listen to this podcast now because, yes, they would love for a puppy to come in. They ambushed me a couple days ago with a puppy. It was a, a friend. We had to babysit the puppy just overnight, which was great and cute and adorable. But we're not ready for a puppy. We have Bella, and Bella's well, still kind of a puppy. You do have Bella. So tell me about Bella. How does she make you feel? You speak with her with such affection when we talk about her. Oh, she's adorable. A couple of years ago, well, many years ago now, I had our first female dog, right? And, and it was game-changing. I think from here on out, I may just get female dogs because <laughs> all my boys have been great. But boy, these girl dogs are so cuddly and I just love her to death. She's fun and a good protector kind of, you know, when people come in, she's still upstairs looking down the stairwell, but uh, I think she'd protect us. Maybe who knows? Well, you're going to learn more today about how Bella helps to keep you healthier. I'm excited about that. Well, good. Well, let me introduce our guest because today we'll learn more about those health benefits our pets can bring into our lives through our guest. Dr. Annie Veleska. She's a senior scientist on Purina's pet behavior team. She received her PhD in animal behavior from University of California, Davis, then went on to serve as the postdoctoral behavior research fellow at Disney's Animal Kingdom, where I'm going with my daughter actually in a few weeks. She joined Purina in 2013 and uses her expertise serving as the voice of the pet ensuring that the needs of cats and dogs are kept top of mind in all of Purina's products and outreach efforts. Annie's passion for pets, though, does extend into her personal life as an award-winning animal shelter volunteer and a pet parent to two dogs, Aria and Bubblegum, and a black cat named Jack. Welcome, Annie. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, we're excited to have you join us today and talk about our relationships with our furry friends and how that is beneficial to our health. So I have to ask, what enticed you to become a pet behavior expert? Well, when I was a kid, I was always around animals, whether it was a family pet or some wild animals that I encountered in our family's big backyard. And I just was always watching them, wondering why they were doing what they were doing. So when I got to college and met an animal behavior professor and realized that those hobbies could actually become a career, I was sold. Oh, lucky you. So what do you actually do at Purina? Well, as you mentioned, I think the easiest way to describe it is I really get to be the voice of the pet here at the company. It's my job to really understand how cats and dogs see and experience the world, I really have to try to think like a pet and figure out what their needs are and then get to translate those needs to my colleagues, whether that's someone in R&D that's putting 
food on the shelves or PR or marketing, and just make sure that Purina is really keeping the well-being of the pets top of mind in every product that we make and everything that we do, and really ensuring that we take a whole pet approach to our products. Oh, that sounds exciting to me. So it's a great job. I have to tell you, I have done some research on many of the health benefits that pets, actual pet ownership can help us both physically and psychologically. Can you share with us what some of those benefits are? Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's quite a long list. So one of the big ones that comes to mind for a lot of people is stress relief. And that's true both in the short term and the long term. So studies have found in the short term that just petting a pet for 15 minutes can actually reduce your stress as measured physiologically. So those are things like hormonal levels, like cortisol, your heart rate, those kinds of things. And also psychologically through surveys and assessing body language and stuff like that. So just a very short interaction with a pet can actually reduce your stress. And then longer term studies that have looked at the benefits on stress for pet ownership over several years have come back with the same thing. People report that they have greater self-esteem. They report that they're feeling less stressed, that they feel like they have more social support. So just all kinds of things from a stress relief perspective. Oh, that's There's- wonderful. I even read once without our furry friends that simply watching fish swim in an aquarium can help calm our minds and bodies. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, that's speaking amazing. of bot. Yeah. And speaking of of bodies, they can have physiological impacts as well, because at least for dog ownership, that usually results in people getting more exercise and study after study have found that dog owners get significantly more exercise. They are much more likely to meet those recommended levels of physical activity than non-dog owners. And it's, it's to such an extent that the American Heart Association has actually officially endorsed dog ownership as a way to stay healthy. That's amazing. I can just tell you from experience, I had a neighborhood young woman who never had a dog. And once she got a dog, I saw her outside every day. I'm a walker, so I'd be out walking. But finally, she was out walking. And uh, months went by, she lost weight, she felt better, she became more friendly, her mood was lifted. I mean, I could see it just from a neighbor. Yeah, that's a great... That's a great story. And I think that ties into another benefit that people don't often think about, which is that when your activity is dog walking, that tends to be an activity that's a lot easier to stick to and actually keep that habit than something like walking on the treadmill. Cause you have that dog standing there with his leash or giving you those puppy dog eyes. So you're going to get up (laughs) off the couch. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I would assume then if they're walking, that probably helps with lowering blood pressure, perhaps, or some other side effects, since the American Heart Association is saying, yay, yes. there must be some side benefits as well. Absolutely. So studies have found that for dog owners, they have a 33% lower risk of death for a heart attack survivor and 27% lower risk for a stroke survivor. They're living alone, which is incredible. But actually, when you look at all cause mortality overall, dog ownership results in a 24% reduced risk for a heart attack. Oh my gosh. Just incredible benefits for your cardiovascular health. That is amazing. What about um, immune response? I've also read some little notes in there that it it will help boost your immune response. Is that true? I'll be honest. I'm not as familiar with that, okay. uh, with those studies, but it certainly makes sense to me. Well, I like the idea of having a better mood and being more calm and less anxiety, but I would think even getting out there with your pet, there's more socialization. 
that's how many people meet other people, isn't it? Now there's more dog, there are more dog parks. I mean, I've, I've certainly seen that personally with bringing my dog to work. I definitely have more coworkers stopping by my office to chat. I feel like they learned my dog's name before they learned my name. But absolutely, I think people want to get to know those pets. And as a result, they're getting to know each other too. Oh, that's so fun. So what about cats? Tell me a little bit about cats. Yes. So I, as you mentioned, I have a cat, Jack, um, and he's great. I think that one of the reasons that we know so much more about the benefits of dogs is that dogs are a little bit easier to study than cats. Um, They tend to adapt better to an experimental environment, people having to get them in the car and take them to the research facility to run those tests. Um, The dogs are used to being out and about. Cats aren't, and as a behaviorist, I can tell you they are a little bit more challenging to study, but I fully believe that once us behaviorists can come up with some better methods and get better at asking those questions, we're going to find that cat ownership has almost all of the benefits as dog ownership does. Well, I've had both, and I love both, but I can tell you having a cat just sitting on your lap purring is just as rewarding as having a puppy sitting by your side, just warm and cuddly as well, so... Yeah. And in fact, um, Cat Chow partnered with an organization called Pet Partners. It's a national nonprofit that helps to train therapy animals. And we also worked with the Institute on Aging. And the goal there was to get more therapy cats trained because there is so much evidence that they can do a really great job of providing that social support and that calming presence, like you said, for seniors in particular. So Cat Chow was trying to get more therapy cats out there to bring those benefits, whether that was in person or even virtually. Um, they were doing those therapy sessions. Great point. Well, can you tell me more about therapy pets? Absolutely. They're, what, what do you want to know? Well, first of all, do they like being a therapy pet? Do they feel I, joy and reward like we as humans do? I love that question. You are thinking like a behaviorist. That's the kind of stuff that we want to know. So Purina actually did exactly that study. We wanted to assess whether those therapy dogs found it stressful to be in those situations. And so what we found was uh, good news. No, there was no evidence that therapy dogs were being stressed by having those therapy sessions. Um, And in fact, for a lot of the dogs, they were actually calmer and more relaxed after the therapy session than they were before. So it's actually, it looks like for at least some dogs, it's beneficial for them to be a therapy dog. Oh, that's so fun. I love hearing that. What other kind of areas do therapy dogs, I mean, we hear about, you know, wounded warriors, we hear a little bit about hospitals. Can you share some of the, you mentioned being in age-related areas in communities where there are older adults. So what are some of the other areas where we might not even think about therapy pets? Yeah. And I think you know, when it comes to therapy pets, certainly there's places where those trained teams, like the ones pet partners are helping create, can go. But for a hospital, for example, the St. Louis Children's Hospital has a really unique area uh, that Purina sponsored that instead of having therapy pets go into the hospital, those child patients actually get their own pets to come in and interact with them. Wait a minute. They're allowed to bring in their own pets? That's correct. Oh, that has to be so much fun to see those kids' faces. I've seen some videos and uh, yeah, it's incredible because that bond is just so amazing. And so I, you know, while there are pets that have been trained for therapy work, I don't think we should undermine the importance and the healing that your own pet who has no training whatsoever can bring to you, especially in the context of something like a stressful hospital stay. 
that almost brings tears to my eyes. I mean, I can only imagine. It's like having another family member there with you, just loving Absolutely. you, unconditional love. And, oh, that's so sweet. I think I've heard about, too, that you have a program where there are women that go into shelters, and many shelters don't allow them to leave a violent environment with a pet. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, that is one of my favorite initiatives here at Purina. It's called the Purple Leash Project. And October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so it's definitely top of mind right now. But as you mentioned, the fact is that almost half of domestic violence victims will not leave an abusive situation because they don't want to leave their pet behind. And the reason that they're faced with that choice is because only 15% of domestic violence shelters in the U.S. right now allow pets and are fully oh. pet friendly. And so the goal of the Purple Leash Project is to bump that number up. Uh, ideally, we would like one pet friendly domestic violence shelter in every state, but you know, all of them could be pet friendly. That would be even better. And so we are working with those shelters to try to bring some of the behavior knowledge and all the other stuff we've learned to help give them the resources, give them the expertise to make their shelters more pet friendly and allow them to invite the entire family in when they need to escape that abusive situation. Oh, well, thank you for that good work. That's, um, that's really a frightening situation. As far as how we receive that unconditional love from our pets, what are some of the best ways we can express our love to our pets? I mean, I've seen an, okay, total confession. We had a cat that got a little too fat because of the treat idea. So can you give us healthy ways to express our love to our pets? Sure. So I think one we've already talked about that's really good for us and good for the pets is exercise. So for a dog, getting them out on those walks, especially if you can give them an opportunity not to just, you know, walk in a heel at your side the entire time, but I take my dogs for what I call smell walks or sniff walks. And when I use that term, they know that they have some freedom. I'm going to follow them. This is their walk. They get to smell whatever they want. We'll take as long as they want. So doing stuff like that is really great for dogs. Um, but cats need the exercise too. you know, giving them a really strenuous play session, getting involved with them and having them chase a wand toy or, you know, something you're tossing through the air that can be really great for cats as well. Another way that you can show your love to your pets is again, something that's really good for us too, but just giving them that attention a 15 minute focused petting session. Purina did a study on shelter dogs who were being petted by total strangers. These were just shelter volunteers. And even being petted by a total stranger significantly reduced the stress in those shelter dogs after 15 minutes oh. based on physiological measures and behavioral measures. So I talked about the benefits that we get from that kind of petting. It's benefiting our cats and dogs too. Excuse the interruption. I know you're listening to Hightower's Keeping the Well and Wealthy podcast. But if you have questions related to these or other wellness and financial issues, please reach out to your advisor or go to hightoweradvisors.com to find a financial advisor near you. Now, back to Barbara. So volunteering at a shelter, if we just go and pet the dogs, they're feeling better, but we're feeling better as well. Absolutely. Oh, and I know therapy animals. I've even heard about horses. I had a friend whose daughter had autism and they actually used a horse as a therapy pet. So yeah. I'm learning so much more about this and I just find it very fascinating. And I am interested in research 
that you're going to be pursuing in the future with cats because cat therapy just sounds as interesting to me as the dog therapy. So that sounds great fun. So I can agree. You, can you tell me a little bit about you found out when we were in the pandemic, people with pets versus those without pets? Did you read any information on that or have any personal experience? Personal experience, definitely. I live alone. So especially during those early months when it was a total lockdown, you know, nobody's going into the office. It was just me and Aria and Bubblegum and Jack. And they made such a huge difference on my own mental well-being and my sense of connection. Just having them there to, you know, get me out of the house and to entertain me and make me smile every single day meant so much to me. And I think that finding we're starting as the studies are published, uh, we're starting to see that come out in the literature as well, where that was the experience of a lot of people and pets really helped people feel more connected and less alone compared to the responses of people who didn't own dogs or cats. Well, my son lives alone and he happens to have two cats. And even my husband and I would say during the pandemic, we're so glad there are other heartbeats in his condo with them. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so much love and he would show us little videos with them. And it, it made us feel as parents a little calmer too, because he was being loved right there. Absolutely. <laughs> so what is, what else do we have to learn? What should I be asking you that I haven't? Well, as I said, I think the next frontier that I'm most excited about is some more work on cats and understanding their bond with us a lot better. I, I think that the reputation they have for being aloof or independent or not that interested in us is not fair. And that once we get these methods, which some scientists are doing a phenomenal job of right now, we're going to be so surprised by what cats are capable of and how deep their bond with us really is. Uh, there was a paper published, I think just this week or last, showing that cats can tell when we are talking to them and that they can distinguish our, our voice, their owner's voice from a stranger. And, and they can really, they tend to tune in more when they can tell that we're trying to get their attention, whether that's because we're changing the pitch or we're using certain words that they hear us say to them all the time, but they can tell and they care. Oh, well, you know what? You mentioned earlier about some of the hormonal actions like cortisol, which is a stress hormone. I'd also read that cuddling and petting your cat can increase our oxytocin, which I understand is kind of the love hormone. Yes. And that helps. So tell me more about better moods and being calmer and, and how that reflects on us with a pet. Yeah. So you nailed it. Oxytocin is the love hormone or the cuddle hormone. And I think the more we try to study that, the more cool stuff we find. Um, one of my favorite findings in that realm is the fact that when we are looking into a dog's eyes, oxytocin goes up in us, but it oh. also goes up in the dog. Oh, so my all of that mood boosting effect, that kind of lovey dovey feeling we get when we're looking at our pets, there's scientific evidence that they're likely experiencing something very similar when they're looking back at us. And I think that's just a testament to this really incredible bond that we've been creating with them as we've co-evolved over thousands of years to get us to this point. Well, I think Eric's going to like that one when he gazes into Bella's eyes, that they're both happier because of it. <laughs> that's right. So that will be fun. 
Well, Annie, you've shared so many insights with us on pets and people being healthier together, and we all enjoy their unconditional love. So more exercise, lower blood pressure, better mood from just the loving and petting. So from babies to adults, sounds like we all can gain from having a pet. So Annie, let me ask you, how do you keep your well in wealthy? Honestly, I think my my pets do a great job of helping me stay well, for sure. Ah, so that unconditional love, I mean, I still think that is one of the most beautiful things that we all get to experience. Well, thank you, Annie, for educating us so well today. And if I can get Eric to come back and join us, we're going to put him on the spot a little bit here. Oh, I love this. This is such a great topic. (laughs) So do you have Bella with you? There, and I, I think she's right near your office, isn't she? She is. She's one room away only because she does want to cuddle. She does want to you know, get in my lap, <laughs> and that is a little hard when you're working. So, And I think that, that we saw a lot of that during the pandemic, right? All the Zoom calls with people's cats walking across the screen or a dog on their shoulders. Oh, yes. Love that. And so what have you learned today about being healthier because of Bella? Well, the funny thing is I knew that there was a lot of health benefits. And one of the things that I've actually talked to my wife about, look, look, Bella's right there. She loves you. And my wife is always busy. We've talked about that. She's not a workaholic, but she is constantly doing something. I'm like, just sit and let Bella sit with you because she does have high blood pressure. And so that's something that we've actually, I've said, let's get you to sit down for a little bit because she has to sit for five minutes before she takes her test anyway. So sit down and pet the dog and then, you know, things will be better. And it always is, right? And she loves the time. And I mean, she loves Bella. One of the things I wanted to bring up, uh, Annie, is that I don't know if you ever get on TikTok or not. I'm not, I'm not pushing oh, yeah. TikTok on anybody. Far too much. Exactly, right? <laughs> but one of the things that I've seen on TikTok, and it was a challenge or whatever they call it, it says, kiss your dog and see how they react. And hmm. the videos are phenomenal. So besides petting, human touch, hugging, giving your dog a kiss on the snoot or, or on their forehead, what have you seen with that? Because the videos, the dog just like collapses into a puddle of love, you know, when they get kissed. Yeah. So I think that when it comes to those kinds of interactions, it varies a lot based on the dog. Some dogs love it. Those are probably the videos that are going viral where the dog very clearly enjoyed it and, mm-hmm. you know, wants to reciprocate. But not all dogs do. Not all dogs like to be kissed. Not all dogs like to be held or hugged. And so I think when it comes to deciding whether you want to try that type of affection with your own dog, it's really important to make sure that you understand canine body language and that you know what signs to look out for so that if your dog tries to tell you that they're not really feeling it, you're going to be able to respond and give them affection in a way that they would rather have. So Annie, can you tell us a little bit about animal body language? Yeah. So when it comes to dogs, uh, in general, a happy, relaxed dog, you're going to want to see a lot of loose So a loose wagging tail, the ears should be down, a nice relaxed mouth with a smile, what we call soft eyes. Um, They're not held wide open. They're not squeezed shut. That's generally what a a happy dog looks like. So if you go to hug your dog and they lean into it, they don't have a strong reaction. They're still like smiling, wagging their tail. You're probably okay. If you go to hug your dog and they stiffen up. So we're getting rid of that loose body and we're starting to see some tension. They pull their ears back against their head. Maybe they close their mouth into a tight line or they make their eyes really big to the point where you can see the whites of the eye. That's called a whale eye. They start like lip licking or panting really hard. 
all of those can be a sign that the dog is feeling a little more stressed, a little more anxious, and probably you don't want to hug them again. Back oh, that's so helpful. Are there yeah. any body language signs for cats that we should be aware yes, of? Yes, I love that question. Um, you know, cats have the reputation of being hard to read, but that is so not true. They're constantly trying to communicate with us with their bodies, their whiskers, their eyes, their ears, all their tails. And so in general, a happy cat, a sign of a really confident, relaxed cat, you want to look at that tail. So if the tail is held straight up, like if this is the body and this is the tail, um, that's a good sign. And if the tip, the very tip of the tail is curving into it, like an upside down U back and forth, that is a cat that really wants to play. They're feeling very relaxed and happy. Happy cats also tend to have very, again, relaxed facial features. So their eyes should be maybe even half closed. Their pupils shouldn't be too dilated. Generally, their ears are going to be facing the front of their head and they, a relaxed cat takes up a lot of space. So if they're laying down fully stretched out, if they're standing tall, that cat's probably in good shape. Um, when the cat starts to get more anxious or more irritated, one of the first things you'll see is their ear position. So as the ears rotate farther and farther away from the front and to the sides and the back, and as they get flatter and flatter against the head, that cat is getting more and more irritated. You may also see their eyes open really widely. Their pupils may dilate. You might see some piloerection, which means the fur is standing on end like a Halloween cat. And if the cat is feeling more scared um, than angry, they're going to take up very little space. So they might roll into a ball. They might hide. Um, those are the kinds of body language cues you should look for. Well, Annie, that was so helpful. Thank <laughs> you. I had no idea about that cat tail. Wow. Something new every day. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Well, I really appreciate you spending time with us, sharing so much of your knowledge. It was great fun, very educational. And now all you pet owners can offer that extra treat tonight. I, not like I did where I get them fat, but when you get to pet and cuddle and loving your furry friend, an appreciation of being better together and knowing they help you keep your well and wealthy. Thank you. Barbara, I agree. This has been fantastic. Annie, I, I know that all of us could learn more, right? I mean, we all can learn more about our pets. If we want to look for some resources, where would we find them? Yeah, so I recommend you head to the website purina.com slash expertise. Uh, there's a lot more articles about cats and dogs on there. Fantastic. Annie, thank Thanks. you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Barbara, again, we wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for bringing on amazing guests. I love it. And our last thank you, of course, always goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listen, listening to Keeping the Well and Wealthy with Barbara Archer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Barbara comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually helps others find the show. And think of that pet owner that you know. They need to hear this. Then they can cuddle with their cat and dog more, or hamster, or gerbil, or horse, whatever. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to go out in the world and make a difference. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Wealth Advisors. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Wealth Advisors is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.